Hello, hello, Tyler Bryden here. I hope everything's going well. Today I'm looking at LinkedIn's top startups of 2022. This is specifically the Canadian uh, version. So there's 15 Canadian companies that are on the rise. This was published on September 28th. And I just thought it would be interesting to take a couple uh, minutes to look through this. I've got all the links you can see. I got a lot of LinkedIn pages up here. Uh, and so you can learn some interesting things about the companies through there. And then I've got the actual dedicated website. So I take a sort of quick gander at this, um, you know, uh, pick out a couple things that are maybe interesting about the companies that are selected and then uh, you know dump you with a load of resources if you're either you know interested in these companies or exploring more or maybe you're a, a startup founder yourself and seeing like how do these companies become uh, these top you know 15 in Canada what are, are there any trends or patterns amongst them or if you're a job seeker it seems like ultimately in the end this is uh, you know a uh, uh, a resource at LinkedIn, you know, huge platform for hiring. In the end, it's ultimately meant to be a resource for job se uh, seekers excited to, uh, you know, excited about the opportunity to join a startup. And I think there's something that's super fascinating that comes out from the comments uh, that are in the section. So I'll jump into the the, uh, the actual companies in a second here. But uh, Michael with a you know, maybe a, a blunt uh, comment on this about it being hard to be bullish on Canadian tech startups when you see you know, big companies like Shopify, Lightspeed, uh, Commerce and others uh, you know, struggling in the market, whether that's them trying to raise funding, whether that's them having to do recent layoffs uh, or just, um, you know, if their public company is taking massive hits on the, you know, the overall valuation of their company as sort of equity markets and, and the public markets uh, get hit. And, you know, I'm not going to be able to comment too much on that, but, uh, you know, it seems like there's some insight or some signals that this is going to get uh, uh, worse before it gets better. And, uh, you know, with that in mind, while you are, um, you know, maybe an, uh, a person looking at joining these companies, the, you know, the question is, if, if is this the right time to join these companies? What is the risk of this? And then I think you also have to balance like what do I what am I looking for for compensation what am I looking for what do I expect out of this and then also take a look at these companies that were you know in the past very relatively sort of safe bets um, you know if you had the talent or the network or the skill set you know these big Amazon Google Meta all these they have also um, put in hiring freezes and. Um, and are, uh, you know, not hiring in the same way. So, you know, super interesting time where you've got these high growth startups, like the ones on these lists, and then you've got these big companies and both of them are actually making uh, decisions based on the market conditions they're in, the growth trajectory that they're on, they, whether that's like, you know, super, you know, if that's been super aggressive in the past, maybe they are um, needing to tighten that up because they don't know how, how long this potential what could be significant recession is going to last. And so they are, uh, you know, figuring out the best way to, um, you know, basically move towards break even, move towards profitability. And that's something I think super, uh, you know, uh, super important for you to consider because generally, and it's not always that way, but if there is any layoffs or market conditions continue to worsen, these companies need to tighten up even further. Um, it's people who are often the newest um, who can be uh, impacted. And it's not always true, but it's definitely something to consider and, it was also a super interesting thread on this idea of like, uh, you know, if someone has recently done a round of layoffs, would you go and work at these companies? So I think that's an important thing uh, to ask yourself. And so with saying that, one of my favorite companies here, Ada, 
uh, software development company, really working with, you know, started out sort of specifically with chatbots, but now bringing sort of voice interaction into that. And really through this lens of like, how can we optimize the efficiency of customer service so that you have intelligent chatbots and customers automated customer and service engagement before it's maybe upgraded to talking to a real person. In this case, Ada recently did uh, a round of layoffs. Uh, Ada, and they've done this in the past, and I don't think this is you know specifically a shot at them, um, but they had recently cut it up, cut off sixteen percent. Um, of their workforce so uh, that's 18 uh, 78 positions in in total and uh you know these are some people being connected to a bunch of these people on on linkedin i'm from toronto i love this company i love following these companies uh some of these people seem you know super talented and uh you know big parts of the team and so you can see sort of in this letter and sort of what I've just said, like the higher cost of capital. So, you know, these companies are saying, hey, do we want to continue to dilute our company more by raising more money? Can they match the valuation that they had, uh, you know, previously raised that? And if not, it's not really an ideal time to raise. And and you can see like this is not just limited to um, ADA. This is, you can see off layoffs, 630 tech uh, companies across the world have cut almost 90,000 employees this year. Shopify, a little bit of an insight on Shopify and uh, some of the other companies who have uh, seen this. So this is not just limited to ADA and not picking them on them on this list, but I think something super important to think when you look at companies that are in this list who are doing amazing things, but are maybe uh, on that venture capital route, high growth, and with that high growth, high expectations, probably you know, maybe not profitable and high burn. Uh, and so those are things that you should consider. And I don't know how open these companies are with their details of this. Like, can you go into a job interview, say, if you're actually interested in working with these companies and say, hey, I want to know, you know, where are we at? Where are we at from runway? Where are we at from, um, you know, a revenue monthly standpoint? And how much are we burning each month? If you can sort of paint that picture, you can really start to see like how safe you know, is this position. And I think you also then need to uh, look at you know, are the companies that we're working, you know, that I'm interested in or any of these companies, just if you're looking at this in general, like this, people sort of predicting like how, how many of these companies are going to make it. Are they doing something that is truly essential uh, to businesses, to the bottom line of businesses or helping with massive efficiency gains or um, increasing their revenue or decreasing their costs significantly with, with the customers that they're working with? Like, are they necessary? Because there have been a lot of companies over the last few years who have been propped up on venture capital funding without solving a true problem in the market. And I think that's something really important for us all to consider right now as, you know, just as an example, companies all around the world adjust to this market and say, hey, I need to cut my marketing spend or the experimental uh, R&D I'm doing in this place specifically is no longer uh, necessary or we cannot afford to do this because we need to allocate these resources somewhere else. And so we've seen like, you know, very experimental, uh, you know, experimental um, departments, even at big companies like Google cut projects because they're so experimental and the return in the short term, even though those have paid out in the long term for them many times over with product development and breakthroughs uh, is maybe not the most essential, crucial thing right now. So I'll jump back off my pedestal uh, for a minute and just a couple sort of interesting things about this. And again, all these links are here. You can check this out if you thought I just wanted to uh, sort of, uh, you know, share a couple um, points on this of what I'm seeing as I'm looking for this and obviously as they're promoting hiring and, and things. So making sure that um, they haven't done a recent round of layoffs, making sure that, um, you know, the compensation and everything makes sense. And, you know, also understanding like what is their market function and are they solving a problem that's truly needed? 
I'll take another example uh, of a company I have a lot of love for, Cohere. Uh, Cohere has raised a significant amount of money, I believe $110 uh, million here. Let me see if I can pull up uh, Cohere on Crunchbase. And so with that, they took a big valuation uh, in that. And then they're doing a lot of sort of, um, sort of, I would say, testing of markets to see like where, yeah, $164 million. I think that's USD. So first of all, that's a one thing is actually super good is that they have a lot of money and resources. And you can see with that, like that there's um, some security in that that round has already been closed. That money is sitting in the bank. Of course, they're hiring and they're growing. Um, but, uh, you know, you can understand as long as they're I mean, they are training, you know, massive systems. Generally, they're not going to they're not going to be spending that, you know, uh, all in the next six nine, 12 months. So you also think, what is the life cycle that I actually want to spend at this company? The other thing that's super interesting is because their sort of application of their technology is so wide, I think they're doing a lot of sort of testing in the market right now. So content moderation, uh, you know, te uh, text generation, um, you know, there's some, some really interesting sort of sample sets of the kind of technology application that they have. Some people might not define them as specifically having this idea of product market fit or a focused, uh, you know, focused application of their technology because it is so broad and wide. And that can be part of the strategy. We've struggled with that here at our company at Speak AI, but it is something for you that as maybe you're thinking, depending on their role or you're thinking of how closely you want to be aligned with customers and market conditions, that could be a factor in you making the decisions of like, is this the right company for me? And this is the right company, uh, you know, again, as a job seeker, maybe as a uh, someone who's an investor or someone who is just sort of following the market and trying to figure out what companies they can, you know, follow model after and all those things so a couple things that were cool was that it was broken down by headcount headquarters a lot of Toronto companies in here but I've also seen a couple of Vancouver companies I don't know you know exactly how uh, you know they, I don't know exactly how they split so there are Montreal Kitchener Toronto, uh, Calgary, and Winnipeg. So pretty, you know, wide geographic um, area, although there is some concentration in Toronto. And then I would say out west, what we're not seeing in here is any out east uh, companies. So that was super fascinating. There doesn't seem to be, besides Montreal, there's no hub, uh, you know, at least as far as I know, what we're seeing in these companies that are, uh, you know, out east in Halifax and Nova Scotia and all this. And they do talk about the methodology that they have. So they base it around four pillars, employment, growth, engagement, job, interest, and attraction of top talent. Some of those things are, you know, seem somewhat, um, uh, you know, subjective, but it seems like they do have, uh, you know, uh, a couple of sort of actual objective measures. So like headcount increases over time frame, which must be a minimum of 10% looks at non-employee views and followers of the company LinkedIn page. So how engaged, how engaged are people with the company page? So again, this is very in LinkedIn's interest to do it. Job interest counts rate at which people are viewing and applying to jobs. And then attraction of job talent implies how many, uh, how many employees the startup has recruited away from any LinkedIn top company uh, as a percentage of the startup's total workforce. So, so in the end, that's pretty fascinating. Data is normalized across all eligible startups. And then they actually share the uh, time frame. And then they actually give the original eligibility. So it must be fully independently, privately held, 50 or more full-time employees, seven years old or, or younger and be headquartered in the country on whose they list. So um, all of these are Canadian companies. They do that. I think some of the other debate here is, is this you know, truly, uh, are all these fit the definition of a startup? And I think generally, um, you know, when we look, just example, back at that crunch base um, of uh, Cohere, in a way, still classified as a startup, although um, you're seeing companies that have 400 
um, you know, 400 employees. They were founded in 2016. What is this definition um, of a startup, and when does that cross over from a you know a scale up or or just become a real company? And uh, you know, just be, just for the sake of time, because I'm already at 11 minutes here, I think I've given a couple of things. I'm not going to jump into every uh, website, but some super fascinating things, I would say, around the headcount, the industries in, definitely some fintech, all very technology-based. Some seem to have sort of SaaS, B2B offerings. Others do even seem to have a little bit more um, sort of a consultant or development arm to them and obviously that's super valuable in the time uh, that we're in so I think that's it for me here today I appreciate you checking this out this is uh, Canada's top uh, startups of 2022 the 15 best I just wanted to give a couple insights of what I'm seeing in the market some of the fascinating ones to me I love Ada I love Cohere the other one that I love and I have a couple friends who work there is, Co- uh, is Clue so like market intelligence startup that lets companies collect manage and share uh, insights on, uh, on competitors so we've got you know this one basically helping with battle cards how to how to compete how to how to win uh when it comes to head-to-head uh and sales so super super fascinating company and they've been a lot of success and when i look at you know who are these ones that are maybe going to stick around you can see some big names on here they definitely seem to be one that's very related with like market needs sales growth revenue growth business growth and for that reason i have a lot of love for them of course some friends who work there too so that's it for me today i hope you like this video and if you're looking at this if you have some thoughts you have some questions uh you know please feel encouraged to send me a message check out the comments in this because some super fascinating things around investors who have invested in these companies congrats people having some skepticism other people just celebrating but overall um, you know fascinating to see all the um you know, all the uh, great companies that are part of this, even, you know, sort of bullish and and persevering in a, you know, a difficult market condition. So thank you very much. This has been Tyler Bryden. I got a fence getting built in the back. So I'm going to go attend to that. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye.